Hey everybody, my name is Sam and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Sounds Like Sam. In today's episode, I have Max Palmer joining the show and we are going to be naming our top three busts for the fantasy 2020 season. For those of you who don't know who Max is, Max is a proved fantasy guru. I played with him in a league in 2019 where he drafted Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Chris Godwin, Darren Waller, DJ Moore, Aaron Jones, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and they all had breakout seasons so he knows what he's talking about and I'm very excited to know who he has on his bus list with that said let's welcome my co-host of the day hey Max how's it going hey Sam thanks for having me on the podcast I'm excited to, to talk about the bus for the 2020 season yeah no problem yeah great to have you on do you want to start off with your first uh bust yeah so um, so this is a guy that's going at the end of the second round right now. Um, I think, you know, there's, he was originally going at the beginning of the second, but he's, he's dropped a little bit. Um, so Aaron Jones running back of the, the Green Bay Packers. Um, so last, last year, he had a great year last year. It was the number two overall running back. Um, right behind Christian McCaffrey. He had a 6.8% rushing touchdown rate. Um, so that's that's the percentage of rushes um, that resulted in a touchdown. And I think the league average is about a, a 3%. So, um, you know, just based on regression, he's going to he's gonna regress in that touchdown column. Had 19 total touchdowns last year, 16 on the ground, um, three in the air. You've you got to spend a second round pick to get him. And... For somebody, you know, I expect him still to, you know, probably get to a double-digit touchdown mark. Um, I'm really not high on the Packers at all this year. I think um, overall, I mean, they went 13-3 and last season, but I, I think they're due for some massive aggression. They they won a lot of close games last year. I don't think they're going to be as good of a football team. Again, they added um, A.J. Dillon as well, a big back out of Boston College. Many are expecting them to, to give a lot of goal line carries too, so that would definitely hurt. Aaron Jones' value. Yeah, so I think that's my, he is in a contract year. Um, so that's one thing that's going for him. Players, you know, tend to, to perform better when they're in that contract year. But but overall, there's a, there's other players we'll talk about after we go through our three, but there's a few other running backs that I'd much rather prefer um, in that draft range. Yeah, I, I feel that too. I know he's been on a lot of people's uh, bust list. We'll definitely have to see and see how he does. And that was a really large touchdown yeah. last season. So I, yeah. I feel the same way that that has to regress, in my opinion. Right. For my first guy, I have another Green Bay Packer. as actually Aaron Rodgers. I, I had Aaron Rodgers last season, so I knew what he did with Devontae Adams there. And then really, uh, his only other playmaker was Aaron Jones. Even then, he just did okay, except for the touchdown part, I guess. But, you know, overall, their wide receivers, they, they don't have enough, I think, to, st- to step up. It's been a little bit on the the downturn for them it's been more run heavy in the past two um last season uh they threw 59.8 percent of the time which was down eight percent from 2018 and then just from a coaching standpoint at least to me i felt like matt lafleur was a lot more conservative in his play calling i just feel like overall it's just going to deter his value until he gets some other real playmakers on the team yeah, and they added, added Devin Funches, but he he opted out. So that, that's funny to say that. Um, so I was working on a different project, and and I wrote wrote a few things down about Rodgers too. So so last last season um, he was held to less than that less than fifteen fantasy points in ten games, um, and he had his lowest completion percentage since two thousand fifteen. Uh, and was off target on 20% of his throws, the fourth highest rate in the NFL. 
And like you said, the you know the Packers didn't do anything to to help them out this offseason. A lot of you know a lot of people were were predicting them to to use a to use that first round pick on a wide receiver. They went with Jordan Love. Um, you know they did add AJ Dillon, but it's a running back. And then they they added a I think a tight end in the third round of the draft. But but again, they really really didn't do too much to help Rodgers out. So I, I totally agree with you there. All right, so for my next guy. Um, I had Amari Cooper. Um, so similar to uh, to the Aaron Jones, I think there's you know going to be a little bit of touchdown regression coming in 2018. Um, so two years ago, his end zone touchdown percentage was 11. percent So the the percent of targets that he got in the end zone uh, that converted to touchdowns. So that was 11. percent In 2019, it jumped all the way up to 55.6. So a 44% increase. So obviously, you know, a massive increase. We always talk about regression. It's 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 going to be likely to to decrease. And uh, and then of course they added CD Lamb in the draft. And another guy who actually in the same offense that I kind of like this year, Michael Gallup. Last season from week nine on, Michael Gallup actually led the the Cowboys in target share, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. He averaged 15 points a game. Um, while Mario Cooper was averaging just 12 points a game. Again, that was after week nine. Um, Gallup had a little injury um, at the beginning of the season. But yeah, I mean, you know, Cooper's going in that third, fourth round range. And I just, I think there's some other other wide receivers there that I'd prefer with the addition of C.D. Lamb. And, uh, you know, also Blake Jarwin, their tight end kind of came on last year. So he's just a guy I'm fading a little bit this year. Yeah, I feel the same way. I actually wrote him down on my list, and I was thinking of doing one on him. I wasn't. <laughs> Great minds think alike. <laughs> his stats are always, they always feel very lopsided every week. It was way too inconsistent for me. And then they have Michael Gallup, who made huge strides. Next on my list, I have tight end Austin Hooper for the Browns. I think Baker last year, he didn't really favor the tight end positions. Their, all their tight ends had combined 41 receptions. 497 yards and nine touchdowns, which wasn't great compared to their other receiving stats. And both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt had more receptions than all uh, than their their leading tight ends. Yeah, and Njoku was really low too, and he was supposed to be yeah. their star tight end. And yeah, I think he only had five receptions. I don't like that point. Uh, they have a lot of talent and a lot of other guys to to go to. I feel like after. The, the two main wide receivers, Jarvis Landry and Odell. Um, the next man up is uh, on the receiving charts is really Kareem Hunt. Um, and their tight ends, they just don't really go to them as often. And then for me, too, Hooper's never really been a huge touchdown guy. He's never had more than four touchdowns in a year uh, other than 2019. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. I think he's going as like a top eight tight end right now, maybe even maybe even a top five. Um, and like you said, there's just a lot of balls to go around in that offense, you know, with with Hunt, Chubb, and then of course Odell and, and Jarvis. Um, I guess one one point to, to give him some credit. So I think Kevin Stefanski, the, the the Browns' new head coach, he was the offensive coordinator in in Minnesota last year. And they, they did run a lot of 12 personnel. So 12 personnel is one running back, two tight ends. And so that's something that, you know, potentially Cleveland could be doing a good amount this year with with both uh, Njoku um, and Hooper on the field, obviously. Um, so that's kind of one one point. But but I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I don't find myself taking him um, taking him in drafts this year. So I do agree with you there. All right. So my third guy 
Um, so this guy, another wide receiver. Um, so going in the, the that fourth, fifth round range, I think he's going in right now. So Cortland Sutton, the, the talented receiver of the Denver Broncos. I really like him as a player. But um, so last year he had the seventh highest uh, target share amongst all wide receivers in the NFL, actually. So he was getting, I think, about 26% of the, the the target share in that Broncos offense. Obviously, it wasn't, you know, a very, very good offense last year. Um, you know, Drew Locke showed some flashes, but I'm, I'm really not sold on him yet. And then, of course, in the draft, they added Jerry Judy in the first round. Um, you know, ultra talented wide receiver out of Alabama, and then they added KJ Hamler. I think I think he's out of Penn State, the speedster KJ Hamler in the, in the second round. So they clearly wanted to bolster this this receiver receiving corpse to help out um, Drew Locke. But you know, and and so that's kind of part of the reason why I don't like him. One one in the in the in the range where he's going, there's just there's just other receivers I I like a lot more. And um, with with the addition of Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, and then you know Noah Font coming on last year playing pretty well, I just think you know again there's just a lot of balls to go around in that offense. They, had, they did add Melvin Gordon as well. I, I you know anticipate them trying to be a, a very strong running team to to again just help out Drew Locke. I'm just still not sold on on Drew Locke, so haven't been taking a lot of Cortland Sutton. I definitely can see that, and um, definitely. Be interesting to see what they do with, with all that talent. So, yeah. from from my last guy, I have Marlon Mack of the Indianapolis Colts. For for me, it was mostly because they just added the rookie out of uh, Wisconsin, um, yeah. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, and yeah. I, I mean, looking at him and what he did with Wisconsin, I just think Jonathan Taylor just seems so talented that I can't yeah. imagine that. They would just be like, "Oh, we want uh, Jonathan to to stay off the field." Like, no, they they're gonna realize, I think, by like week five or something, that oh, we need Jonathan Taylor on the field more. I, I I totally agree there. I think he's I don't know where is he going in drafts. He might be going in the eighth or ninth rounds. I, and I know Jonathan Taylor's going in like the the fifth or sixth area. Um, but but yeah, I, I I've been taking a lot of Jonathan Taylor. You know, when it, when a team spends a, a high second round draft pick um, on a player, they you know intend to use them. And and with that with that Colts offensive line being you know one of one of the top five O line in the league, probably um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor has a ton of upside. And you know, something I could definitely see happening is. You know, every year a back or two goes down. You know, this year we don't have preseason, but you know we're still going to have training camp, and then the the first few weeks of the season, there's always a running back that you know gets injured just because it's such an injury prone season. I could easily see a team, you know, trading for Mar- Marlon Mack if that does happen, and then in that case, you know, Jonathan Taylor would be a full on workhorse. So, who would you uh, draft over Aaron Jones? Yeah, so I'm looking at. Says Jones is going at his ADP is at 19. You know, Nick Chubb says it's going right ahead of him. I definitely take Nick Chubb, even with Kareem Hunt there. I definitely take Nick Chubb over him, although maybe not in a PPR league. And then going right behind him, and this is in terms of the the ESPN ADP is is Kenyon Drake, um, and then Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon are also going right after him. 
I, I would definitely take Kenyon Drake ahead of Aaron Jones. And then as well, I'd probably take Josh Jacobs. Um, I just think Josh Jacobs is going to get an insane workload this year. Those are a few guys I'd, I'd take over Jones. I do I do agree with you on that. For, so your guy with Aaron Rodgers, who are, you, who are you taking instead of Rodgers? Instead of Aaron Rodgers, I would go Josh Allen. But this would be kind of late, I feel like. Yeah, so it looks like Rodgers is going... His ADP is 108, the 11th quarterback off the board. So my second guy was a Mark Cooper. So I think he's going in the third round, late third round. Um, so one guy I really like, looks like he's going right before him is Adam Thielen, especially if you're in a PPR league. Um, you know, Thielen without Stephon Diggs in that offense, Thielen is, you know, could easily get 150 targets this year. Um, you know, catch, catch 100 balls. Um, so Thielen's definitely a guy I like. And then DJ Moore is going right after him. I, I like DJ Moore a lot. Then Juju Smith. I'm not real high on Juju Smith. I'm actually almost higher on Deontay Johnson than I am on Juju Smith. And you can get Deontay Johnson like six rounds later. But then there's there's Chris Carson, who I like at the beginning of the third. Um, you know, he's not, a, he's not a wide receiver. But just in terms of the players in that area, um, definitely, you know, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, and Chris Carson, I, I'd prefer over uh, over Cooper. Yeah, I agree. Especially on the, like, Juju. I actually had him as a possible bust this season. So, um, yeah. I, I and I do really like Deontay Johnson this year. Like uh, I, I love Deontay Johnson this year. <laughs> I think he's going to break out. With Big Ben? Yeah. And they're they're basically getting rid of Juju to either get his act together or they're gonna leave him because with the I forget their third round pick uh, from their different story but uh, for a different day but um, <laughs> I, I totally 100% agree with you on that and I do really like Adam Thielen I remember I think it was 2018 he started the season off with like seven games in a row with 100 uh, yards in each game, which was huge for PPR. Although the thing about me for Adam Thielen is uh, he tends to decline at the end of the season, or at least like in the past two years. But without Stephon Diggs, there's huge upside for him, definitely. For me, for the Austin Hoople, for me, I typically tend to draft late tight ends anyways. So I probably will just overlook Hooper as it is. If I if I am looking, I, I do really like Mike Jacecki, possibly even Eric Ebron. Both either of those guys, I would definitely take over uh, Hooper. I know Eric Ebron has a really high ADP. Probably even get off the waiver wire if you want, but um, yeah. uh, I, I, I do like uh, Mike Jacecki too, just because he's going to be a big part of that offense. And uh, I like two on the team. Yeah. And uh I like their receiving core. They're getting some talent around there. So yeah, I agree with Kaseki. You know, Albert Wilson um, just opted out, and then Alan Hearns opted out as well. So you know, that offense is just with Devonte Parker and then um, Preston Williams. Actually, you know, a guy I do like this year, even though he's coming off the ACL tear. Um, so it's really just you know those two um, along with Kaseki. So yeah, Kaseki could be in, could be in line for a significant target share. Cortland Sutton. Let's see. So he's going in this, going at the late third. So his ADP right now is about, um, yeah, it's in that late third, early fourth round range. Um, so a couple of receivers going after him if we want to stay on that position. Um, Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley, and Robert Woods are three guys that I would definitely take um, over Cortland Sutton. 
And then even, even A.J. Brown, he's going to get a lot more targets this year um, with a full season with Tannehill and, and really as the, the main option in that offense. So, uh, yeah, there's there's several receivers I would I would take ahead of Cortland Sutton. Uh, I do really like Robert Woods uh, this season, too, without Brandon Cooks there. And for me, for my last guy, Marlon Mack, for a late price, I really I really do like Philip Lindsay. Um He's a speedster. They do still like to give him the ball. Even like Matt Burita for Miami, I just know that he'd be sharing it with uh, Jordan Howard. So, although I think Matt Burita is probably better than Jordan at this point. So, overall, I'd probably say Matt Burita or Philip Lindsay. I'd take over Marlon Mack at that level of ADP. Yeah, uh, Sam, I really agree with you on that Matt Breida pick. I'm actually I'm planning on taking Breida in in several drafts as as one of my late late round running back picks. I think I I'm just not a huge fan of of Jordan Howard, and you know if out of the two, Breida Breida is obviously the better pass catching back. Um, so because because Jordan Howard really doesn't doesn't catch balls out of the backfield. Um, so I Breida I'm I'm taking I'm going to take in in a lot of my drafts, which I'm excited about because I think he has potential to to kind of break out um, if they do start giving him you know 15 maybe 18 touches a game. Yeah, I'd I'd really like to see that. Do, do you have anything else you want to add? The you know the strategy. If you're asking for bullet points, a few kind of strategies that I always stick to. Out of the first three rounds, I, I always get at least two running backs. Um, the, you know, the running back is, is really the most valuable position. Um, there's so few of the elite ones. And so having one or even two of the elite ones um, really makes makes all the difference. And um, so that's, that's a strategy that I always stick to. And then um, another one is I always take quarterbacks and tight ends very late. Um, so solely because of the supply and demand, because you only start one quarterback and you only start one tight end, there's going to always be more options on the waiver wire each week, right? Because everyone is starting two, two running backs. So in a 10 team league, there's 20 starting running backs plus potential running backs at the flex position. But at the quarterback position, you know, there's only 10 starters a week. And so you have this the plethora of, of quarterbacks on the waiver wire each week. And, and, and it's just such an easy position to stream. And so I find that, that taking a high, taking quarterback at a high draft pick, it, it's, it's just kind of a waste. Um, you know, like I, I got Lamar Jackson in, in three of my four leagues last year in the 12th round or something, just really late, right? And so you can get these guys, um, these quarterbacks late. And then even if you don't end up getting the one that, you know, does well for you, you can just stream the position. Um, so that's definitely a strategy that I've found uh, because, you know, like if you take Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes this year, you're, you're going to have to take them in that third, fourth round range. And although they'll do great for you, it's really, it's about the opportunity cost, right? It's who you're not getting by taking those players. And what you're not getting is a very good running back or wide receiver. So that's that's definitely one. Sorry, went on a little rant there, but um, that's definitely one of the strategies that I've um, I've really found is is has been helpful for me. Hey Max, thank you so much for joining the show. I hope you had a good time because I enjoy talking fantasy with you. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I always enjoy uh, talking with you. This is my favorite time of the year. Um, so yeah, let's let's do another one soon. Thanks again for listening. If you have any questions or comments about this topic, feel free to contact me on my Twitter and Instagram account at Bullseye Fantasy. 
Also, don't forget to subscribe to my blog. The link is in my Twitter bio. And also, don't forget to rate this podcast. To rate it, all you have to do is download Apple Podcasts, search Sounds Like Sam, and then comment and rate out of five stars how much you enjoyed my podcast. As always, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and family and follow me on all my social media accounts. Again, those accounts to follow are at Bullseye Fantasy for Twitter and Instagram. Peace.